0: Welcome to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids. I'm Eric. And I'm Lance. And we believe that the Bible is the greatest book in the whole world. It's filled with amazing stories about interesting people, all working together
1: to tell a bigger story, the greatest story about the most important person who ever lived, Jesus. And we know that understanding more about the people and stories in the Bible helps us to know more about Jesus and what it means to be his followers today. And this episode is about an animal. Lance, this is called Who's in the Bible? (laughs) It's about it. What? what? Yeah, I know we usually have episodes about people, except for that one time we did an episode about God. Uh, But this one is about an animal.
0: Does this one have a specific name? That would help me a lot. Yeah,
1: the animal is a lamb.
0: Oh, Okay. okay. I was so, thinking
1: more like Larry. <laughs> no, not Larry, no, okay. the animal. No, it's a lamb. So uh, trust me on this one. Last okay. episode, if you remember, was about Pharaoh and the Israelites and how they had been slaves in Egypt for generations, but God was working to bring them out of slavery and it ended with their exit or what's called the Exodus from Egypt.
0: Ah, okay. Now remember, we were talking about all the plagues uh-huh. and you said the 10th plague and we just skirted right by it. Yeah, we kind of flew like, right over it. Don't worry about that. You said we're getting back to it, so, yeah. so here we go. But now things in Egypt have been really crazy, like the, with the plagues. And side note, janitor was a probably very a solid. You had a lot of job security in Egypt after the <laughs> <Right>. plagues, <laughs> For because sure. there was an infestation of gnats, gnats, frogs. Uh huh. All the water turned to blood. Yep. Um. You know, people no had matter, boils on their skin. Oh, Ugh. I'm telling you, there's janitors. Solid work after yep. that. Because they don't just go away. Like right. they just dissolve. Anyway, side note. Pharaoh refused to let the people go. And we didn't really talk much about this tenth plague, but this was kind of what, you know, really pushed the That's right. This is happening now. And he ex- can say, except for the firstborn of every family had died.
1: Right. So wow. we Yeah, we know that they got to leave Egypt, but we're gonna go back and see exactly how that happened. So uh, ahead of that 10th plague, God gave Moses instructions to share with the people. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 12, if you want to open your Bible there.
0: Take a lamb without blemish, a male, a year old. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they will eat. They shall eat the flesh that night, roast it on the fire. The unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. That's so specific. That, uh-huh. That's what I get really nervous because I'm not good with specific things. I don't know that our family would have made it through this. No.
1: The technicality. <laughs> Following specific instructions. No,
0: my gosh. Like I, can, I don't think I've ever put one Lego together, correct? But it says a male lamb, one year old, no blemishes. Yep. What does that mean?
1: Well, no blemishes means it has to be a perfect lamb, a spotless lamb, one that is uh, the perfect representation of what a lamb should be. And I don't want to make you nervous, Eric, but it actually was way more specific than just that. (sighs) Listen to Exodus chapter 12, verses 11 through 13.
0: In this manner you shall eat with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on your houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you. When I strike the land of Egypt. Wow. So they had to eat it at night. Yep. Again, more specifics Uh with their shoes on. Right. And their walking sticks ready to roll. And they had to do it fast.
1: Fast. In haste, it even says. Oh my God! He's one of those fancy words. So uh, God tells them all these specific instructions. And he tells them that when he sees the blood on their doorposts, that he would pass over their house and not take the life of the firstborn. So I want you to think for a minute, uh, everyone listening, and Eric, you do this too, think what it must have been like to be an Israelite. You've seen all these crazy things that God has done. You're trusting in him to rescue you. And now you're given some really weird instructions with the promise that God's going to come through and kill the firstborn of every home, but you got to do this one thing right. How do you think that'd make you feel?
0: I'd be very on edge. Yeah? I, mean, you, I mean, my goodness, look around. 2020 has been pretty crazy. Crazy. Not- plague crazy close. pretty crazy pretty close <laughs> yeah. you know and i think that even in our world we've had some very specific rules uh-huh that we've all been trying to follow um not so that our firstborn won't die but you know again yeah go with me here right you want to go to walmart and go buy some you know garden hoses or water guns
1: <laughs> anything you, gotta, you can buy at walmart. anything
0: yeah you gotta wear a mask rolling in which i think Good rule anyway. Even after all this
1: passes. Let's just you keep, just keep, keep wearing, wearing a mask at Walmart. Walmart. <laughs>
0: That's good. Um, but I feel like I would be extremely like on edge. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, we gotta do this right. What's gonna
1: happen next? Yep. So let me tell you what happened next. Yeah. All these families of the Israelites were gathered in their homes. They followed the instructions. They roasted this lamb. They ate it after the blood had been spread on the doorposts. Got the and shoes on. There, yeah. Walking sticks ready to go, things are packed. And around midnight, they start hearing screams across Egypt because God took the firstborn life from every home that didn't have the blood on the doorpost. And it was all the way from the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, in his home to even the lowest people who were prisoners, the firstborn in their home also died. And what about the Israelites? Did it work? It totally
0: worked, Eric. So why why the blood on the doorpost thing? Why... why... Did a lamb have to die? Like, you know, what? This is, why Why this? How
1: did God keep from taking the life of the firstborn in these homes? Okay, well, the lamb wasn't just so that they had uh, a meal to eat. Actually, uh, the the lamb gave its life so that its blood could be put on the doorpost so that when when the firstborn life was going to be taken, the, the blood on the door was like a statement that said, death has already happened here. Hmm. So, think, think about it this way, if you're listening. Uh, when your teacher can't come to school for whatever reason, maybe she's sick or has an appointment or there's a sick kid, right? who do they send? They send a sub, substitute teacher. A substitute yes. teacher. Exactly. So, something similar has hap- happened here. Uh, the lamb was a substitute. It was a substitute death and the blood on the door was a way of saying, Death's already been here, and it was a substitute for the firstborn. Well, dude, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Uh, This is why, actually, if you keep reading chapter 12, God gave them instructions not to just do this once, but they were supposed to do this every year forever. Forever. This day shall be for you a
0: memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. All right, so Exodus 12 tells us that that you know this is going to be a thing that we're going to keep, keep doing, keep doing. So it's like every year, it wasn't that God was going to re-pass over with the death angel. Right,
1: yeah, no. that Kill didn't, the firstborn. Yeah, the plague didn't like happen a, every year. To
0: remember, remember like a holiday.
1: Exactly, okay. like the 4th of July. Oh. What, what's something that we do every year when we celebrate the 4th of July?
0: Like... Uh, I mean we like had parades, yeah, flags out, uh uh-huh. fireworks. Fireworks
1: are a huge part of Fourth of <laughs> July. Why would fireworks be a huge part of the Fourth of July? What are we remembering on the Fourth of July?
0: We're remembering the Fight for independence.
1: That's right. And that America became its own nation. And we even have a song about it, the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. And so, like, what are the, some of the lines in there? Oh, well, the, so you have the rockets, red glare, and the bombs bursting, bursting in air. air. So, we celebrate the Fourth of July with fireworks. And we probably don't often actually stop and think about them representing our freedom. We're just blowing stuff up, just like a blow, just stuff lighting up. stuff on fire. <laughs> but From the swimming pool. But that's kind of how the fireworks got associated with the 4th of July, meant to remember, or for us to remember.
0: Man, that's like super, 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 super cool. So the Bible written over this long period of time, so I'm guessing Passover shows up in other places other than just Exodus.
1: Oh yeah, it shows up in a lot of other places. And if you fast forward all the way to the New Testament... You read about, this is like 1,500 years after, 1,500 years later, they're still gathering to celebrate Passover and to remember how God had saved his people generations before and they would stop and tell the story of the substitute death of the lamb.
0: Okay. We're into God. We're, we're, we're at Jesus' house, in my place. We haven't done Passover meal. Right. Are we missing
1: it? No, oh, actually. Okay. Because in the New Testament- Jesus celebrated the Passover, but the last time that he did so, he gave us a a new thing, a new story uh, that that we tell. And uh, this last time that he celebrated Passover was actually the last night before he was uh, killed on the cross. That was the night he was arrested. He gathers his closest followers. They're celebrating the Passover, just like all the other people in Israel. Listen to uh, the way it's described in Luke chapter 22.
0: Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us. that we may eat it.
1: Okay. So he, he gets Peter and John, they go get everything ready. They all get together and listen to what Jesus said as they, uh, as they sat down to have this meal of remembrance.
0: And when the hour came, he re- he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So this, I mean, Jesus, he knew everything, right? That, he, of course. He saw things unfolding. He knew that this was the night that he was going to be arrested. Yep. And he knew that he was on his way to the cross. But he said he earnestly desired to have this Passover meal with them. Why was that?
1: Well, I think for probably a few reasons. First, he was with his closest friends and followers, the people that meant so much to him, and he got to celebrate this meal. And it wasn't just any meal. It was the one time a year that they would gather and tell the story of God saving his people and tell the story of the Passover lamb and its substitutionary death for them and, and how that all worked. And, and on this night, when Jesus sat with his closest followers, he told them another story too. And this one is thinking material. Oh man, we have some thinking material for you. And so as you're listening, here's what I want you to do. Sit straight up. I want you to lean in just a little, lean your ear toward wherever this sound is coming from, because this is so good to think about. Jesus, he's the night that he's arrested. He's with his closest followers. They're celebrating the Passover meal from so long ago. And he tells them this new story. Listen to what he says in first Corinthians chapter 11.
0: Lord Jesus on that night when he was betrayed, it took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me.
1: Okay. For years, Jesus had been telling people that he was going to suffer and die and people didn't get it. He'd been leaving these clues, trying to explain it. Nobody really understood it. Uh, Well, there was one guy that understood it. Yeah. And it's a, this clue that comes early on in the story of Jesus. It's found in John chapter one. And it was the cousin of Jesus who said it, who knew this clue. You know who that was, right?
0: Yeah, John the Baptist.
1: John the Baptist. Yeah. He was not just any regular old guy. That he was wasn't. a
0: little bit of a kooky dude. Yeah. He like was a, lived
1: in the wilderness, uh-huh. wore animal skins. That's right. But- he had a crowd. He did. Lots of people came to listen to John talk about who God was and what God planned to do and how that should change their lives. And one day this crowd is gathered and Jesus walks up and in front of everyone, John the Baptist, he proclaims, there's an exclamation mark in this statement. He says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world.
0: That's a, that's a, I mean, you know, I guess they're, they were expecting him. To say really profound things, honestly. Because people have been listening to him. So, when he did this, called Jesus a lamb. A lamb. He's a man, by the way.
1: Yeah. Jesus was. So, unwrap that for me. Okay. He called Jesus the lamb of God because he was trying to connect what had happened all the way back in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. with the Passover lamb to who Jesus was and what he was going to do. You remember the lamb was a substitute and And the Bible teaches us that just like the lamb was a substitute death for others, Jesus would be the same thing. And here's why that's important. Romans chapter six, verse 23 says that the wages of sin is what, Eric? Death. Death. So you have sin, I have sin, Mm -hmm. everyone listening has sin, everyone listening has a mom and a dad that have sin and a grandma and a grandpa that have sin, like everyone has sin. And what what do we all deserve for that sin? Death. 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 But the Bible teaches us that Jesus died. He he suffered and he died on a cross and that his death is a substitute for us so that anyone who would trust in Jesus and his death and and resurrection from that death when God looks at us, you know what he you know what he sees?
0: That- he says the the phrase from earlier.
1: This, this this is my favorite phrase
0: in the whole thing. That death has already happened here.
1: That's right. So, if you trust in Jesus, death has already happened for your sin. He is the substitute. And that was Thinking Material.
0: Man, just think about, I I can't get over this. This this is, and I've known this a long time, but uh, but the, the way that that's just, that this death has already happened here. Like, we don't just celebrate the Passover, but we do read that Jesus is telling his disciples about this bread and his cup. Yep.
1: That sounds more familiar. Yeah, we call that the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper. And, and we do that in some church services and at our, our gathering services. Sometimes small groups and families celebrate the Lord's Supper, and it involves... Uh, bread or cracker and juice. And it goes all the way back to 2,000 years ago. This night, Jesus sat with his disciples and gave them this new story to tell.
0: And now it's time for the question of the day. My name is Noel and I'm in fourth grade. My question is, why do you eat crackers and drink juice at church?
1: Well, actually, that's a pretty good question. Why would we have juice? And even a partner questioned as, why would we have bread or a cracker? Mm -hmm. And here's the answer Jesus held those things up in this meal and said, These will represent for you in the future, when you do this again, his broken body that suffered on our behalf and his shed blood that is this new. Covenant is what is is described in one passage, and you remember covenant, right, Eric?
0: That's right. We but talked back, way back in Abraham, yeah, was the beginning of the covenant
1: season one. And a covenant is a promise, a promise. Jesus said, "There's this new promise in His blood. The promise is that His death counts for your death, and this juice is not actually His blood." And the the cracker's not actually his body.
0: Yes, calm down.
1: Yeah, it's, that'd be, that would be crazy, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's not actually those things, but it's meant to remind us. So when we gather together as the church, as the people of God, and we take this Lord's Supper, we're reminded over and over and over again, just like the the Passover meal or holidays. It's something that reminds us death has already happened here.
0: And you've been listening to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids brought to you by Clear Creek Community Church.